The expressed views of the following podcast are those of the hosts and theirs exclusively. They do not represent the views of our sponsors. Hey guys, Nick Stevenson here. Thanks for listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. Before we get started, I want to tell you about my good friend Stephen Terry with Stephen Terry Pest Elimination. Now I know what you're thinking. Not another pest control business. The real pest is that guy who's always knocking on my door, leaving door hangers, and calling at the worst times of day. Not Stephen Terry. Stephen Terry lets his work and his customer service speak for itself. Word of mouth from customers that he has personally helped, and I am one of them. Stephen Terry is always the first person I call. Whether it was the time he treated my house for ants, I haven't seen an ant around here in so long, I forgot what they look like. What's an ant? I don't know. Stephen Terry got rid of them all. Or, how about the time he helped my son get rid of the pesky possums that were eating our garbage? Stephen Terry caught them and released them back into their natural habitat, and most importantly, out of my natural habitat. If you're in the southeast Houston area, that's Leak City, Webster, Clear Lake, all the way up to Pasadena, Deer Park, and Laporte, you've got to give Stephen Terry a call. Right now through November, Stephen Terry is offering a monthly mosquito treatment. Guys, summer is right around the corner. Do you want to be having a barbecue or a crawfish boil with the kids playing in the backyard or in the pool getting eaten alive by mosquitoes? Of course you don't. So give Stephen Terry a call at 713-477-0047. Tell him you heard about him on the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast, and he will give you half off your first month's mosquito treatment. That's 713-477-0047. 0047 Stephen Terry Pest Elimination. If it's scary, call Stephen Terry. You're listening to the Smells Like Middle Aged Spirit Podcast. What smells so bad? It's strong, but you'll get used to it. Now, here are your hosts. Nick Stevenson and Naomi Richardson. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you may be listening in the world, welcome to episode 40 of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. My name is Nick Stevenson. I am your gracious and humble host, and I've got the queen of podcast, Naomi Richardson, sitting directly across from me. What it do? And my man Josh Beard, as you heard, is behind the ones and twos. He's going to get a little button happy, I can tell. Oh, yes. (laughs) I can tell he's going to get a little button happy. You you told me you were tired of sitting back there, man, but I think you like it. I do. I think I do. It's kind of like a love-hate relationship. I don't feel like I'm part of the conversation, but I control y'all's laughter. That's that's very true. You control the conversation. (laughs) And we are very proud to have Larkin Bannister, our guest, our first guest of the season. Give it up to that. Yeah. How you doing? Larkin. Very, very special. Do you feel the tension in the room? What kind of tension are you talking about, Nick? <laughs> well, you know, Larkin was almost sitting in the seat that Naomi's sitting in right now. Right, right. So I know where you're going with this. I think I think that if I do this sound drop, <laughs> this is going to trigger what we were talking about. I was not privy to this information before That's perfect. Away. That's perfect. So... <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Round run, round run. Let's go. I was waiting for that, honestly. I was like, they're gonna at some point they're gonna make us like. Oh, we just jumped right on in. Let's, here's my <laughs> look, 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 Josh. If we're not careful, they're gonna take over this whole fucking show and we'll be out the door. So, yeah, we we yeah. we know the ladies like to shine. So, um, it is true. But I appreciate so much you joining us, uh, Larkin. I'm, we have a very special topic that we're gonna talk about today, and it's something that I know is near and dear to your heart. And uh, before we do that, though, guys, I think every week we should take the time to learn what we learned from the week before. 
I'm gonna start with Naomi first because she did, wasn't in, she wasn't in on this conversation. Did you learn anything from <laughs> last episode? <laughs> did I learn anything? Yeah, we remember what your first lesson was, right? Your first lesson was you got to be careful what you say because you might become a sound drop. Well, Naomi, yes. I'm proud to tell you that you are safe this time. Chris Khan is not here to defend himself, but Chris Khan learned that lesson this time around. Ooh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? You want to hit him with it, Josh? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Sex with my sister. What did he just say? He confessed. One more time. Here we go. Sex with my sister. Sex with my sister. <laughs> I feel bad he's not even here to defend himself. That's what happens, Khan. That's what You've happens. You got to be careful what you, you say. Be careful. You got to be careful. And Josh is dying to play my sound drop from the show. Oh, so. I, I finally learned the one thing that really makes this is not Nick even surprising happen. that this was a sound drop. Oh, when it was it when was, it was it live, was, I knew what it, it was. It was guaranteed it yes. was going to be. But this is the one thing that makes Nick happy. Ready? Woo! Look at them titties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that one needs to stay. Like that one is not leaving the board. That never, stays. Never. <laughs> that one's staying. Without context, like people are going to be like, "What the fuck?" But anyway, I don't even remember hearing those things. Really? He was yeah, talking about was he was talking zone. about driving down the street, right? And right. a guy yelling that oh, to a girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then happens. Josh, I learned from you Uh-oh. that you can I can I say that you're a mama's boy, bro. Dude, I am. <laughs> I am. Your mom has a baby book and she actually <laughs> filled it out all the way to age sixteen. That's what I was no. saying when I was listening to it. I was like, I don't know. No, okay. So most con- people give up on their baby book at what age? Like one? Yeah. All right, Probably. yeah, no, I got I got my daughter, Uh-oh. poor thing, doesn't even have a baby book. My son has got one for his first year and one for his second year. That's it. Done, That's son. It. You were all the way to 16. You got to the sex talk in so, your baby book. I would tell you this, too. is not only is there stuff written in there, but she saves stuff. So, like, my first report card is in there. Please first tell me. school Please picture. Say. Please don't say. What? 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 Is your foreskin in the book? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Did what is teeth? wrong with Did you? She your teeth? There's some people who she do that. Okay, so there She's was got your teeth, she, she. I don't know if she knows this, but there was one day we had, I'd gone over there and was grabbing something from her, something kind of jewelry. I think it was d- during our prepping for our wedding. Yeah, I went over and got my grandpa's ring, and um, she had it in a jewelry box. And I remember her also telling me, and she had all of my teeth, like in a ziploc. Um, so I. That's I, weird. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, mom. Love Mama you, mom. beard. <laughs> Dude, Just, you okay? So, 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 I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm calling you weird, and I, and I feel bad. So, I'm gonna even the playing oh field God, by throwing my wife under the bus. Um, wow. <laughs> this she, is what episode three. I think we've done it every episode now. Yeah, every. <laughs> she has all of the kids' teeth in our bathroom, but do you know what else she has? What? She has hair used pregnancy tests, Bruh. <laughs> Really? <laughs> And not just, okay, she took multiple because she wanted to verify (laughs) that she was pregnant. And she didn't just keep one of them. She kept all of them. And they are in our bathroom right now. You're a very brave man for bringing that up. I don't know where you're going to sleep. She doesn't care. She she doesn't care. She's going to be pissed next week. No, she doesn't care. I've tried to throw them away. She's like, no. I was like, babe. It's equal parts sweet and gross. Not going to lie. There's <laughs> pee on it. That there, there's nothing. Where's the R. Kelly sound drop? Drip, drip, yeah. drip. That's drip, all drip. it is. <laughs> I want to piss on you. The, oh, my God. 
<laughs> All right, so I've got one tooth that I saved, and it's my own wisdom tooth because I was gonna like use it as a Halloween prop, like I had like yeah. jar full of teeth. So you have none of your kids' teeth. No, no foreskins. Like little tiny piece. No, 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 no belly. What's the no. shit that comes up the belly button? The, cord. the umbilical, umbilical cord. You keep that? Nope. Okay. Yeah. My friends just... got them like encapsulated, and she like like took them afterwards. Right. And, yeah. There's nothing wrong with being a mama's boy, man. Like I love it. I'm. Are you? <laughs> this is going to be a fucked up question oh, for me to ask because I've known you so long. Are you an only child? I am an only child. Okay. I have I have step siblings. Right. But I'm I'm an only child. Your mama loves her some you, bro. bro. I can tell from following her on social media. Bro. Yeah, she loves her some you. That's what's up, man. Hey, I'm kind of I'm family. a mama's boy too, so I feel you. I feel you. All right. So <laughs> another thing I learned, and I'm gonna have to eat some crow on this. Ooh. I get on you guys so many times about getting things correct, and I He's micromanage. A slave driver, y'all. He's a slave driver. <laughs> he I micromanage. I've been giving out the wrong phone number for Amity Innovations for two episodes now. Now, let me take that back. The w- the audio, we're giving out the right number, but what's appeared on the screen has been backwards. And I'm going to have to share the video on our Facebook and on our YouTube page. For sure. Because Amity Innovations is run by two very good friends of mine, Stephanie Conway and Ron Barrett. And they were all queued up and ready for the premiere of <laughs> last week's episode. They had it on the big screen, projection screen. They had popcorn. Oh, yeah. They were drinking. like. Oh. And she's videotaping him getting ready to see his ad because they didn't catch the premiere, the season premiere. So this was the first time he was going to see it. I need to see this video. He's all, oh, yeah, we're going to post it. It He's all excited. He's kicking his feet and everything. And then it runs. The following is brought to you by Amity Innovations. And he's like, "Ah." and even her little daughter's in the background like, look, that's us. That's us. And then I read the phone number and he's like. (laughs) <laughs> that's the wrong damn number. <laughs> he said, no wonder they're not, we're not getting any business from them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did my part. I did my part. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> and your read was correct. I just, it's all on the video editor, which is me. So I got to eat some crow. <laughs> I apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, Amity Innovations phone number is 832-331-3580. Not 3850. 3580. And uh, where you go, Nick? I, I, I fixed my mistake. I fixed my mistake. All righty. Well, let's move on to headlines before we get into our main topic. Naomi, take it away. Headlines. Headlines. All right, y'all. Any fans out there, which I think is most of us at this middle age, DMX, the iconic hip-hop artist whose distinctively gruff voice and thoughtful messages and his rhymes made him one of the biggest stars, died at 50. The Grammy-nominated performer died after suffering catastrophic catastrophic cardiac arrest. That's what they're calling it. His message of triumph over struggle, his search for the light out of the darkness, his pursuit of truth and grace brought us closer to our own humanity. His record label, Def Jam Recordings, said in a statement describing him as nothing less than a giant. And he will go down as legendary. DMX released seven albums, earned three Grammy nominations, and was named favorite hip-hop rap artist at the 2000 American Music Awards. Absolutely legendary. He will be greatly missed. No doubt. Uh, and Prince Philip died too. Who? I don't know. Who? I'm not. I'm not exactly convinced he wasn't a vampire. We may see him again. I don't know, y'all. That's true. <laughs> 
The U.S. is nearing a tipping point of sorts on marijuana legalization. Almost half of the country, about 43% of the population now, lives in a state where marijuana is legal to consume just for fun. Come on, Texas. Just for the hell of it. (laughs) Come on, Texas. (laughs) The past two months alone have seen a burst of activity as four states across the United States legalized marijuana for recreational use. New Jersey, New York, Virginia, and New Mexico. It's all the new states, apparently. <laughs> it's new a Texas. Mass- Here we come. <laughs> new Texas. Let's go. <laughs> it's a massive shift that took place so for just a few years. A decade ago, no states allowed marijuana for recreational use. The first states to legalize cannabis in 2012, Colorado and Washington, did so through voter-driven initiatives. Now 17 states and Washington, D.C. have legalized marijuana. At this point, the question of nationwide marijuana legalization is more of a matter of when and not if. At least two-thirds of the American public support the change based on various public opinion surveys in recent years. Are you for it or against it? Come on now. Hmm. Come on now. (laughs) I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. All right. All right. He's playing (laughs) it safe, y'all. A sixth person has died in the aftermath of the mass shooting allegedly carried out by ex-NFL player Philip Adams on Mm. This past week, according to coroner, uh, according to the state coroner, Robert Shook, the only surviving victim of the shooting, died of his injuries on Saturday. Shook, who was one of two HVAC technicians working at the house at the time of the shooting, called his supervisor after he was shot. And his supervisor is the one who called 911. Shook's co-worker had already died at the scene. Uh, he was the sixth victim of the shootings. Um, he by Adams, a five-year NFL veteran. According to police, Adams drove to the home of Dr. Robert Leslie with two guns. Once he arrived, he shot and killed Leslie, which was one of which was his doctor who was treating him, by the way. He shot Leslie, shot his wife, uh, Barbara, and this is Leslie's wife, not Adams' wife, Leslie's wife, Barbara, their two young grandchildren, who are nine and five, so that's f- fucked, and the other HVAC technician, who happened to be there. Um, Adams, who had reportedly been treated, uh, then later shot himself. This is where it gets a little bit crazy. Um, Adams' family has given permission to have his brain tested for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. All right, hold on. I I practiced this. I'm going to get it. Encephalopathy. All right. Fuck. CTE. Just say it like my deal CTE. Would. CTE. <laughs> there you go. During the upcoming autopsy. <laughs> so CTE is a degenerative brain disease that develops as a result of repeated brain trauma like con- concussions being hit in the head and can only be definitively diagnosed after death. That's so convenient. It has been found in the brains of athletes from numerous sports but is mostly associated with the NFL, football, boxing. Um, mm-hmm. Adams reportedly suffered several concussions over his five-year NFL career, and his father believes that uh, football is to blame for these. Yeah, happenings. I saw that interview. That's the first thing he said. It's crazy, yeah. so, and it's not—it's not a coincidence that this has happened a bunch of times. Like, yes, this dude clearly lost his shit. Yes. So, have you seen or heard of the movie Concussion? Yes, with, with Will, Will Smith. Smith. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that was so good! And if you have not seen it. We're going to drop the link. I'm going to drop a little trailer about the movie and a link to it um, in the Spirit Snippers group on Facebook. Please join it if you have not, because that's where all the good stuff goes down. Uh, 
It was a good flick. It was. It was. Uh, Will Smith actually earned a nomination for a Golden Globe for that. Um, and it's kind of crazy because it talks about how the NFL tried to allegedly hide his findings and his research and yeah. kind of keep him under wraps. So it's it's a, the NFL it's a doesn't crazy movie. The NFL doesn't like that movie. No. At all. No. <laughs> like, and, they're not down with it. And like you said, the amount of times that violence has ensued from mm-hmm. these players or boxers or anything yeah. like that. Um, and then they find out posthumously, post, I think I said that right. Posthumously. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> Got your back. that he, that they had CTE and it's kind of crazy. Like there yeah. needs to be more. There's no way research. they can find out without cutting yeah. your head open and taking yeah. your brain up. So yeah, that's, that's crazy stuff. Um, so thoughts and prayers of that family. That's, that's yes, tragic. And is. then, you know, rest in peace DMX. To be honest with you, I, I'm sorry if I offend you. I don't give a fuck about Prince Philip. <laughs> The dude was a racist. He was a he's misogynist. He's alive in like, his cave somewhere. <laughs> he was racist. He was misogynistic. Like, and he was too big of a bitch to even become king. Like Queen Victoria. That's her name, right? She's Victoria. The uh, Queen, Queen Elizabeth. 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 Queen no, it's Victoria. No, it's Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth. She's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth the what? Oh my god. <laughs> Where's my People magazine at? Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. We we want our independence from y'all anyway. Fuck y'all. We don't care. I didn't care about Britain anymore <laughs> after you know we had our own country. So yeah, I, sorry, sorry. Okay. They're not even real royalty. Like let's Look, keep it real. I had to say it because I'm just I'm just interested in vampires. I, feel you. I, feel you. I don't I don't care about the family. Yeah. I want them vampires. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this really quick, <laughs> just really quick. Um, what's the gentleman who just got killed? Dante. Dante Wright is that Dante right? Wright. Okay, Dante Wright was killed uh, just a couple, few days ago uh, by an officer who thought she said she thought she pulled out her taser and she pulled out her gun and fired one shot and he died. Yeah. I've seen a lot of ignorant shit on the internet about how, oh, we shouldn't have resisted. The, the punishment for resisting arrest Should is not up be to, death. It's up to a yeah. year in jail and it's a $4,000 fine. For not complying, it's about the same thing. So that's, that's not a death sentence. And I'm sorry... If the same young man, if a man who walks around with a semi-automatic rifle can go to eight different places or four different places and kill eight people and live to tell the story, if a man gets pulled over with no gun and nothing on him and the most he does is resist arrest, he should still be able to live to tell that story. And that's all I got to say about that. It's like, not cool. It's not cool. Oh. It's not cool. Anyways, that's it for headlines. Anybody else? That, I think that's it, Nick. All right, let's get into our let's main topic. Let's headlines. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on to our main topic, we're going to hear an ad from Amity Innovations. Ooh, <laughs> With the right that. phone number, by the With way. With the right phone number. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Naomi, and I want to talk to you about Amity Innovations. If you're looking to remodel your home or maybe you're just looking to build a new home, don't make any decisions until you talk to the experts at Amity Innovations. They specialize in alternative energy sources like backup generators, whole home solar systems, and geothermal heating and cooling systems, which would have really come in handy these past couple of weeks. In other words, they create green homes. I'm talking net zero energy to nearly fully self-sufficient homes. Amity Innovations even believes that in our future, our homes will actually produce more energy than they use. Now, wouldn't that be something? Amity Innovations is not your typical construction company, although they have been in business for over 25 years. They know what they are doing, and they want to help you save both the planet and your bank account. So give Amity Innovations a call at 832-331-3580 or go to www.amitybgi.com to get a free estimate. 
Whether you're remodeling or building a new home, call the green builders you can trust. Amity Innovations, where we create the difference. All right, fantastic. You guys make sure you call the correct phone number now. 832-331-3580. That's the one. Okay, 3580. Yeah, 3580. I remembered it now. Trust me, it's gone on and on in my head over and over. Uh, Larkin, thank you for so much for being patient with us while we sit over here bullshitting. But um, <laughs> that's what we do. No, and we we definitely absolutely we definitely appreciate you being here. Before we get started in this conversation, if there's one thing that I hope people appreciate about the Smells Like Middle Age Spirit podcast is that it's always tried to be really honest with the audience. And as you all know, it is Autism Awareness Month, and I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I did not know that until April second. When I went through social media and I saw a bunch of people posting about it and I was like, oh shit. So I literally went on the computer and began the process of turning our logo blue so I could post it and hashtag light it up blue and autism awareness month, all this and that in the evening time, you know, the day was almost over. And be one of the cool kids, right? Be one of the cool kids. kids. Exactly. (laughs) Everybody else was doing it. I saw Chris Clark do it. So I was like, well, I got to do it. And then, like, literally something went over me. I, I literally had the post queued up. And then I just got this really nasty, I need to take a shower feeling come over me. <laughs> because I was like, what am I doing? How can I try to raise awareness about something that I don't, don't even have awareness about? And it was so hypocritical of my part because you guys all remember when the ALS thing was going on, the ice bucket challenge. Oh, yeah. I was so critical of that shit. Like, you're in the middle of the summer dumping ice water on your head what are you doing? That's like, you're really, you're raising awareness and you're saying, I'm how long ago was that? Three years has ALS gone away. ALS is still a thing, right? Mm -hmm. But nobody's talking about it. Like we just dumped a bunch of water on our heads and now we forgot about it. So what's going to happen next year? Like when it's not trending on the internet because it's autism awareness. And so what I decided is I need to get some awareness about autism myself. Uh, Larkin, when I talked to you on the phone, I actually told you that I thought about you when I was about to make that post because I know that you have a son who is autistic and I was like that, that just wouldn't, that wouldn't set right with me. So that's why we brought you in. And I promise you, I did some research on my own as well, but I wanted you to be able to come in and tell us what the websites don't tell you, Mm -hmm. tell us what the books, the magazines don't tell you about how it is to raise someone who is autistic. So I'm going to let the audience get to know you a little bit. I actually made up your bio and if I, <laughs> you have a bio. He made, made it up. up. He made bio. it up. <laughs> yeah. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. I didn't even print it out, but I memorized it. So you're Larkin Bannister. Can I tell people where you work? Sure. Okay. You are a billing coordinator at Behavior TLC, correct? Yes. In the Houston area. Yes. Okay. Exactly. What is Behavioral TLC? What What do they do? Um. So Behavior TLC, we're Applied Behavior Analysis Clinic. Um. So our board certified behavior analyst. Um. They kind of look over um our client list that we have. Um. And so all of our programs are specifically tailored to each of our clients. So there's no two kiddos that are going to have the same programs per se. So it's really just. Um, working on what they need worked on. If, you know, they elope or they're aggressive or they need help even with like eating or toilet training or anything like that, um, they work on that. So our behavior techs work directly with our clients um, to extinguish the negative negative behavior. um, And we actually work with like positive reinforcement. So um, we give a lot of praise and things like that for them doing um, what it is like not 
and not engaging in the negative behavior. Okay. If you don't mind me asking, how'd you get involved with, with behavioral TLC? How'd you find out about them? Um, so I, I went to school with, I went to high school with a girl and I was actually like out at a bar one night and, uh, she like, we kind of had like mutual friends and, um, my daughter's dad, um, was really good friends with a family and she was good friends with them Mm -hmm. and their son was on the spectrum and I, she was kind of like helped them out at home and she, and my daughter's dad was like, you know, you need to meet them. They're amazing. Um, and Talon was like really young then. So I was still kind of just starting on my journey with him. Okay. Um, so I didn't really know a whole lot about it. And then that was kind of just like an in passing thing. And then I worked in like, uh, like spot management for like five to six years. And I was like, I hate this. Like my schedule sucks. I'm never home with my kids. No. And I knew I wanted to do something different. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I knew that I was really passionate about, um, working with kids with autism and things like that. I knew I wouldn't make a good behavior therapist because I'm just, I'm a mom to an autistic (laughs) child. I'd be like, whatever you want, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so that's kind of how I got involved, um, with them and everything. And I'm not biased just because. I work there, but they really are like one of the, in my opinion, like one of the best ABA clinics. No, in absolutely. Houston. Yeah. So They're it sounds awesome. like it was almost like placed in your path, huh? Definitely. Yeah. I That's for awesome. sure think that it was like something that I was destined to do. Cause even though I don't work directly with the kids, I more so work directly with their families. I'm able to like this job completely showed me a different side of even the world that I was already in. Like I, before I got there, I never had experienced like aggressive behaviors or, um, really elopement or anything like that. I'd never, um, been around an adult on the spectrum. I'd only ever been around children on the spectrum. And so it completely opened my eyes to like a totally new world that I knew nothing about. Um, and it's awesome just to be able to go to work every day and be around such an amazing group of people who want the same thing for all of them, for all of our clients and all of their families. Um, it's really great. That's great. Yeah. I love that. So let's, let's talk about your babies. Um, you mentioned Talon, that's your son and he's 10 years old. Yes. He just turned 10. Okay. And you have a little girl, Aubrey, who's four. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us what the typical day for Larkin coming home from behavior TLC and coming home to her kids. What's, what's a typical day like for you guys? Uh, well, I'm, I mean, I walk in the door and immediately, probably both of them more so definitely T immediately naked, like just yeah. right <laughs> off the gate. Nice. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I do the same thing. I can't blame the guy at all. I'm like, I, I want to do it too. I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so T is, it's 10 years old and you, you said when you first started working for behavioral TLC, how, um, there was a lot of parts of the about autism that you hadn't mm-hmm. any knowledge or experience about. Well, me, me before we, I decided I'm going to do this show. I knew nothing. Like, what is autism? Where does it come from? Um, what are the signs of it? I, I knew none of that, and a lot of that I learned from reading and from from talking to you. So, at what point um, after T was born did you start to have an inkling that maybe there might be some signs that he might be autistic? Um, back then, I think I really started to notice things probably around like 18 months, but knowing what I know now and mm-hmm. looking back on all of that, I knew like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just, and 
I think people always say like, oh, well, he doesn't look autistic as if autism has a look because it doesn't. Right. And when I say I knew right away, it wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with the way his appearance or anything. It was just something about him that, and it, this isn't for everybody. It was just for me and my experience. I just knew right away that, you know, it was almost kind of like he was there, but he was not there. And mm-hmm. I kind of noticed that. And even like looking back at pictures, like even now looking at pictures of him when he was little are, is really hard because... I, um, I could just tell that something was just different about him. Something was unique about him. And, um, I, you, you almost kind of feel guilty because you're like, God, it was right in front of you the whole time. You had no idea, but I, I had no idea. I had no idea what I, what any of that meant before him. I had no idea what autism was. I mean, you go and you have all the testing done when you're pregnant and they, you know, they're like, Oh, down syndrome and spina bifida. And that was like really the only thing I thought about. Yeah. And obviously you can't detect like autism through any of those tests or anything when you're pregnant. But I just, it was like the furthest thing from my mind. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I knew like right away. Um, that something was Yeah, something different. was different about right. him. So I got the definition of autism from, no one lambast me, the autismspeaks.org website. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just says that Autism or autism spectrum disorder, ASD, refers to a broad range of conditions characterized by challenges with social skills, repetitive behavior, speech, and nonverbal communication. Um, It says, according to the Centers for Disease Control, autism affects an estimated 1 in 54 children in the United States today. So you said it 18 months is when you... 1 in 54? 1 in 54. 1 in 54. Mm -hmm. That's surprising. Yeah. That's that's maybe, quite a bit. I mean, I'm definitely ignorant, so I'm I yeah. feel fortunate to be able to speak with Larkin today and and uh, shed some light on on autism because I, for one, don't know anything about it. I uh, I've got friends and family with special needs kids, or um, but it's it's all chromosomal or mm-hmm. you know right. it's not autism. So yeah, this is and that's new that's, to me. that's 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 one of the things. I think we talked about that when we were doing the kind of the prep interview. Mm-hmm. Is people will get that confused with something like Down syndrome, or mm-hmm. yeah, that's and it's chromosomal. Yeah, it, it's it's a completely different thing. So at eighteen months, you said that's when you started to. Mm-hmm. That's when I started. When you started to, to notice to some notice. of these things happening, and mm-hmm. what what type of things at eighteen months were you noticing? Well, I mean, up until that point, he was like develop. He was like developing normally, and he had like normal speech, and he was hitting all his milestones and things like that. And then right around that time, he kind of lost everything, and it was like. Mm-hmm. It was just like more and more every day things were just gone. And it was like, it's a crazy thing to have your child in front of you and they're developing typically and everything is great. And then all of a sudden you're like, what is going on? Like what, where did everything go? Like he's not waving anymore. He's not speaking anymore. Like nothing's happening. Is this, and and, um, you know what, I'm going to be the devil's advocate today. And because I'm completely ignorant, but I think it'd be good for our listeners as well. So is this something that develops or something that was already there before birth? I, my, I'm, I will just give you my opinion. Okay. I believe that people who are on the spectrum are born with autism and that, the way that autism works, it just shows up around that time, mm-hmm. um, kind of around that time frame. And if you talk to people or like parents of people on the spectrum, you typically get that story most of the time. Um, uh, you hear that around that time frame is when they kind of start to lose their skills that they had. Um, so, and for me, that that's exactly what happened, or for him, that's exactly what happened. Um, so it was around that time, like he 
he stopped waving. He stopped talking. Wouldn't make eye contact. He, I wonder why it happens at that specific time. I I'm not really yeah. sure. It's I think. But it's, these are all things that he had been yeah doing like, yeah, and no, then he, he just stopped. Yeah, but. I didn't really think like I thought like he was just like a little bit delayed and because I mean he really wasn't making a ton of eye contact, which was kind of my first red flag. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, he's a baby, he's preoccupied doing baby things. So I didn't really think too much about it. Um, but then collectively, as I started to look at everything is when I realized that something, there was definitely some sort of deficit there. Yeah. So what was the tipping point that made you decide to, I need to go get him looked at and see Um, if there's a diagnosis to be had? It really wasn't even of my doing. I didn't. I so I had lived in Virginia when I was married to his father mm-hmm. and um we were getting a divorce so I moved back down to Texas and I was living um with my mom <clears throat> again and I was uh they hadn't seen us for like a year mm-hmm. and when we came back down here they it was like my family my immediate family were like oh there's something going on like what are you doing? Like, what did you do? What did you not do? Oh, that must have just felt great. Oh, it was wonderful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It, a divorce and then that, it was it was a really good time. Girl. Mm. Yeah. But I, I, I did it. And this is your immediate family. Yes, this is my immediate family. And they're like, you're not sitting on the floor enough and playing with him. You're not interacting with him. And I was like, we've been like 1,800 miles away. How would you even know? Right. But, yeah. and I was like a stay-at-home mom. Like, what else was I going to do? I love that, do? right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. And so I did it because I'm petty. I just did it just to get him to shut up. And then when we went, when I took him to the pediatrician, because you have to get a referral for absolutely everything. Right. And um, we did the, I believe it was an M chat is what they call it. Um, and then I got a referral for ECI. And then they came to my house. And then that was the first time I'd ever heard autism. And they told me, they said, you know, we're not doctors. We can't diagnose him or anything like that. But we do believe that he shows red flags for autism and okay. I remember that day and uh it it was like from that day forward it's just we we've been constantly going and doing ever since right. then with with that being said what kind of emotions were you kind of experiencing when when they kind of told you that I mean that's probably got to be a lot of mm-hmm. uh, just something heavy to be put on you for sure I think that for a really long time I mean I remember when the when they left that day, like shutting the door behind them. And I think I just cried for like three days yeah. Um, yeah. because I yeah. was just kind of in shock. Cause at that point, like I was like, there's no way, like not, not my child and he's perfect and he still is perfect. But I was like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And I, so for like those first three days, I was just, everyone was like, so how did it go? Cause I was like, he's going to, I told everybody about the appointment. He's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And then they were like, how was it? And I was just like, I can't even talk about it. Like I wow. can't even, I can't even tell you how it went because it's just, it didn't go how I thought it was going to go. But yeah. I think after that, um, like I said, it's been pretty much going nonstop ever since then. And so I think that for probably the first two years um, after we received the diagnosis, it was, there was no time to feel any of that. Yeah. Like no time. I didn't even, even if I wanted to, I didn't even allow myself to have a moment to kind of grieve because you've got to be there for him. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, what do we do? Like, how do we, what do we need to do next? And once we got the official diagnosis, they really just, most of the time you just get a diagnosis and then they're like, Oh, well, here's the pamphlet and good luck. (laughs) Right. And that was, that was my next question. (laughs) Like you get that diagnosis. What was the, 
outlook that they gave you for, okay, this is what the next so-and-so years is going to look like and what resources were available to you once you got that diagnosis? I mean, I really, it was like, obviously you get a diagnosis like that and it's life-changing and it's devastating. And then when you add on top of that, that you're, that your diagnostician literally is like, well, um, he has autism. I forgot what level they used to do, like levels and things like that. Yeah. And um, he also has, um, oh, I, we got the intellectual disability, the MR diagnosis later on, but um, they said he has autism and he's never going to be able to like sustain a fulfilling relationship. He's probably never going to be able to show you like any sort of um, emotion or anything like that. Um, and that was pretty much it. It was like, this is what you get, and good luck. Mm. And that was it. You know well, what I hear when I hear the word never coming from someone else? Mm-hmm. Challenge accepted. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's, yeah, that's sure. how I looked going at down. it. Yeah, that's how I looked at it. I was just yeah. like, okay, well, thank you for the information. And Yeah. Obviously, this isn't a much lesser, but I, I hate when doctors do that. And sometimes mm-hmm. not even doctors. Sometimes like an, a practitioner or something. Oh, but yeah. we were we were talking to, I think, I can't remember if it was a doctor or a nurse practitioner about how Maddie was smiling. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, she's not smiling. There's no way she's smiling. That's just uh, like an involuntary a reflex. reflex. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know if my kid's smiling at me. Like, if I do something funny, she smiles. And like, I don't know. And that's, that's not even on the level of, you've just gotten this really disappointing news and yeah. they're going to sit there and give you all the worst case. I don't like that. That's yeah. not cool. No, for real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Well, I mean, I had experienced that like even like later on down the road. Like I, I don't even know. I think I had to take him to the the doctor because he was just sick and I, I he had like a shot or something like that. And yeah. I I asked him a question about something else, and they said, oh, it's just part of his autism. It's just because he's autistic. And I was like. Just using that to write it off or something else. Yeah, yeah. And I was, wow. I feel like that's such a cop out. It, it was, is. yeah, it is. And it was, I actually, I remember what it was. We had like um, a few years ago, we had like a leukemia scare with him because he was like super sick for like two or three months, like with like a hundred and four, hundred and five fever. We had no idea what was going mm. on. And I took him to like his regular pediatrician, and they were like, um, "Well, I said, well, I need you. I really want these tests done because I don't know if he has like a UTI or something, if he has some sort of infection." And um, they knew, like, it's in his chart. Like, he has autism. He's, like, minimally verbal. And every time we went in there, they'd be like, Talon, what's wrong? And they're like, well, he won't answer. And I'm like, well, he's not going to. He doesn't answer me. So I don't know why you think he's going to come in here and start talking to you. These are the healthcare professionals. So if that's already in his chart, then that would, I'm not going to lie, that would really frankly just piss me off that oh, would yeah. rub me the wrong way yeah, yeah like, that was the last day could we you not read pediatrician. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i would be pissed yeah we found another pediatrician after that but Good for you yeah well it was also because like regardless of whether or not he's verbal it when your kid has 105 fever for like two or three months straight and you can't even get someone to give you like a fucking urine test or anything like that and they're like well he you know he's not telling me what's wrong or anything like that it's just yeah i understand but that's why i'm here and that's what yeah. i'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and frankly if i had a 104 degree fever i wouldn't want to talk to anyone either yeah no, whether like, or not i could you <laughs> know like i mean <laughs> exactly exactly yeah yeah so in the event that you know we have some listeners here who maybe they have a young child or just the, for the people who are like myself who are not familiar at all with what autism is i i got this chart also from the autismspeaks.org and you mentioned some of the symptoms that you noticed that at the 18 month mark that he had kind of regressed in his speech Mm -hmm. and he wasn't making eye contact 
Um, and then, so I've got, yeah, by 12 months, if there's little to no babbling, little to no back and forth gestures, such as pointing, showing, reaching, or waving, little to no response to name. So these are all things you were probably experiencing at that yeah. time. Um, and then it says by 16 months, very few or no words. By 24 months, very few um, or no meaningful two-word phrases, uh, not including repeating. And then uh, the next list is actually at any age. So before we get to talk about some of the challenges you were facing as he got older, um, it says loss of previously acquired speech, avoidance of eye contact, persistence, preference for solitude, difficulty understanding other people's feelings, delayed language development, persistent repetition of words or phrases, resistance to minor changes in routine or surroundings, restricted interest, repetitive behaviors like flapping, rocking, spinning, etc., Unusual and intense reactions to sound, smells, taste, textures, lights, and or colors. And that's at any age. So I think that's another thing people forget. Like these, we see a lot of autistic kids, but they grow up to become adults. Mm -hmm. And they're still, they're still autistic when they become adults. Not something that grows away with age. So um, as your, you know, as your child gets, gets older, these are some of the things you would want to look out for. And I'm sure things that you have experienced as T has grown up. So he's 10 right now. Um, what, what are some of the challenges that you began to face? Um, maybe that you didn't expect. Um, I mean, he's, he's incontinent. He still wears pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, we've tried to potty train him or I've tried to potty train him for, I mean, I, I've like lost count how many times we've started and stopped and started right. and stopped. And, um, he can't bathe himself. Um, his motor skills are really great, so he can, like, feed himself and stuff like that. So that's not a problem. Um, but he he doesn't really have – and it's common in kids with autism – or people with autism um, not really having a sense of, like, danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he does elope. It's not um, not super often, but it's becoming – like, it happens more now. Yeah. Um, and so – of course, when he does that, his first instinct is to go to, like, a busy street or a pool, which we have. Like, I have a pool in my mm-hmm. apartment complex, and um, it's gated. Um, but, the, the, like, those are places that he's drawn to. Um, mm-hmm. And so... That's scary. It is. Mm-hmm. It's. I, I feel like every single time I turn on the news, I see a story um, about a child on the spectrum that, like, eloped from a home or a school or anything like that, and yeah. they end up you find them at the bottom of a pool or the bottom of a pond or whatever. So scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and in those moments, he's just, he's just exploring and not really aware of his surroundings at that point. Yeah. No, he's just hanging out. He's just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he will do it. Um, like he'll, he's just doing it like in his, in his mind, he's doing it to like be silly. Right. But and he's like literally laughing hysterically as he's running out the door. <laughs> right, because <laughs> does he? I'm assuming that normally gets a reaction. Yeah. from you. So does he recognize that? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. And it's it's hard, and I know we had kind of talked about it a little bit before. It's it's probably one of the more difficult things I've ever had to do to not show any sort of emotion um, or reaction when your kid's running out the door. Right. Or your kid's choking you because they don't want to get out of the bathtub or right. they're choking you while you're driving because their iPad died. And oh, wow. To have to try and keep your eyes on the road and not 
you know, kill everybody. And right. <laughs> and then also, it's just, it, those are things. You that also I, have to be careful how you react to him, right? Because yeah. you could mm-hmm. because e- escalate I, the situation. Yeah, I don't want to give it too much attention and make it worse because then he's like, oh, mom, like, freaks out whenever I do this. I'm going to do it again. Right. But then I also, like, and I, obviously, I don't want to scare him. Like, I'm, I don't want to, I'm not going to punish him for it because, you know, that's, he, right. That moment, he doesn't really know any better. I was about to say, there's nothing to punish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to be like, how dare you? But right. because like behavior is communication. So for him, you know, if he's eloping, he's saying, I don't want to do this right now. Right. Or I'm trying to get away from it because he can't, you know, verbally say that. Or if he's, you know, choking me or whatever, he's saying like, I'm mad right now. And I can't tell you that I'm mad. So I'm just going to show you how mad I am. Or I don't want to stop doing this, you know, one thing. I don't want to stop playing in the bathtub. I want to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, so it's like you can't punish because of that. And I, I've heard that a lot, too. Like, why don't you just spank him? I'm like, Right. <laughs> yeah, that was on my list of some of the misconceptions that I thought you probably would want to clear up. Oh, yeah. And I told you the story. I, I, I'm guilty of it myself. Um, we have a good friend of ours who... Um, has a son who's autistic and I didn't know at the time, but I saw him having kind of a moment and a, and a meltdown. And I looked at my wife and I was like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) and she said, no, like he's, he's on the spectrum. He's autistic. And I was like, Oh, and to be fair, like I had no idea what that meant. I just, like I said, sometimes the mis the mis the mistake people make is thinking, Oh, that means, he's slow in some way or that that means he's not smart or there's a, mm-hmm. you know, a mental problem there or some type of, like you said, chromosomal, but it's not the case. And that's one of the things every time you talk to me that you with that, when we talked last night and when I see you on social media, like I feel like Talon is a very bright young man. Definitely, It's just, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. It's expressed in different ways. Um, You posted a video of him. I think you guys were like on your, you guys were probably like on your back patio or something and he's just like staring off into nowhere singing mm-hmm. and i was like that that was one of the coolest things that i've ever watched because like he was lost in whatever that song was mm-hmm. and um and i know he probably wasn't pronouncing all the words mm-hmm. properly but to him i mean it was it was just one of those moments that i'm like i can tell or when he's you know you've you've shown pictures of him drawing and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Like you can tell the, the wheels are turning there. It's, it's mm-hmm. that's not the problem. It's just there's something that the the it called it the social part, like mm-hmm. and him wanting to isolate and be alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was glad to clear up because I thought that there was something that that autism would uh, inhibit their ability to to learn things. Mm-hmm. Which obviously, if there's probably some challenges there, yeah. but. Um, I mean, they're not going to do it at the same yeah, rate no. as everybody else. Yeah, but no. he has the ability to learn things. Definitely, he learns in his own in his own way. Right. Um, whether it's like academic or socially or anything like that, he he's able to. He's capable of it. It's just um, every. It just we just have to slow down and kind of get right. on his level, so he's able to um, understand and then retain that as well. Um, but he's it's crazy and wonderful to me at the same time that he's um done as much as he has because like i said when i we first got that diagnosis it was basically the way it was presented to me was like 
it was a death sentence. Doom like, and gloom. Yeah, yeah. like mm. the, you, your life is basically gonna suck from here on out. Is how yeah. I I perceive that, and I you know naively believed that. I was like, oh God, you're right, and because I mean I didn't even then I didn't know anything about it, and I was mm-hmm. like, God, this guy's right. Like you know I'm n- my kid's never going to have like he's never gonna be happy. He's never gonna be able to tell me that he loves me or show me that he loves me or anything like that. Yeah, and if I would have taken that. That's terrible bedside manner. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was awful. <laughs> that's just terrible. <laughs> 10 Sounds out of like 10, it don't really so couldn't I've be further from the truth, though. Oh, no. Like, it's, there were certain things that, yeah, like, realistically speaking, there, he was, you know, it was accurate. Um, but I, I think that those words and kind of that kind of a grim diagnosis was definitely motivation for myself and for us to not take that lying down. Um, and we've kind of, I've kind of used that. I've always kind of had that in the back of, um, in the back of my head yeah. when we, you know, we're doing therapy and, um, we're having like a really hard day or whatever the case may be. I, I listen to that and I replay those words in my mind all the time and not just from him, like, you know, from the school district saying, you know, he's, he's mentally retarded, which he does have an intellectual disability diagnosis as well. Um, but when, you know, basically when they're like, oh, he has autism and he has an MR diagnosis as well. Like it's so the way people present it is so like gloom and doom and it's just awful and your life's never, your life sucks and it's never going to get any better and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that if I could tell anybody like a new or a parent who just got a diagnosis, I could tell them anything is, you know. You first of all, you're entitled to get a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion on literally anything, and you should. Right. And just because one person says something about um, what they perceive the rest of your life is going to look like, that doesn't mean that you have to believe it. You right. don't have to just take that and run with it. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this doctor told you at the time that he was of the belief that um, Talon would never be independent. Mm-hmm. of you on his own mm-hmm. um is that one well, well let me ask you how do you, at this point he's 10 years old based on how he's developed so far how do you feel about that i think that that is probably a correct assumption that he made um mm-hmm. i i don't think that he'll ever live independently i think he's always going to live with me which is cool i'm fine with that yeah um I don't know if he's ever going to be able to have a job. Um, I hope that he does. And I hope that whatever he does, he loves what he does because mm-hmm. he's got a lot of different interests and things that he likes to do. For sure. Um, so I think the living independently probably isn't going to happen. I don't think he's probably ever going to drive a car. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, those are just things that I think they're not things that I know. And I, he could surprise the hell out of me. He has for Absolutely. 10 years. Um, Absolutely. And I'd love to be wrong. I really would. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, but I think, you know, I'm not, I, I try and look at things, um, with a really positive aspect, but I'm also realistic at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I push him because I know he's capable. I know what he's capable of, but I'm not going to push him to do something. I just straight up know that he, I just know that he can't do it. Yeah. Um, and I want him to get outside of his comfort zone too, just like I would with Aubrey as well. Um, but like I said, realistically speaking, I'm not going to force right. him to do something. I just know that he 
for sure can't do you made a good segue because i was gonna ask you about um your your daughter aubrey and 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 about talent because one of the things that i was trying to read about is is an autistic person aware of their autism Mm -hmm. um at age 10 do you believe that talent is aware i think he I think he knows a little bit that he's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he cares. Right. Because <laughs> he's very content <laughs> with who he is. Yeah, for uh, sure. Good for him. Yeah, which I love. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love that. I wish more people would be content yeah. with who they are. For real, for real, for real. <laughs> and then Aubrey, we were talking last night. You said that she's kind of gotten an idea that mm-hmm. something is different with, with Bubby. Definitely. She, she makes little comments to me. Um, which she doesn't so often anymore just because we've had so many conversations about it. But, you know, she'll ask me or she used to ask me, you know, like, why doesn't Bubby, why won't he talk to me? Mm-hmm. Or um, I just really want him to play with me, but I want, you know, I want to play Barbies with him or whatever, but he won't. And so we have the, co- the same conversation we've always had, which is that he wants to play with you. He just, Bubby likes being by himself sometimes and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You like being by yourself sometimes. I know mommy likes being by herself a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> facts, um, facts. And just that, um, well, she notices things like that. And then if we're around people that, um, like an older sibling and a younger sibling, you know, she notices those differences too, um, which is heartbreaking. But yeah. um, I think it makes her um, appreciate the relationship that the two of them have because, you know, they have their own you know, they're able to show each other love and affection in their own way. Their own way. Yeah. And they've they've been great at, like, adapting to each other because in the beginning, when I first brought her home, he didn't want anything to do with her. <laughs> right. And he had a lot of, um, like, that's really when, like, aggression started and, um, mm-hmm. like, self-injury and... Um, there was somebody else there yeah. getting that attention. Yeah, and that's what it was. It was totally, he was just trying to get my attention. And right. he was like, how do I do this? How do I just really make <laughs> mom want to rip her hair out? Yeah. And so that's when it started. And I think even now, but the older she gets, the better it is. Because when she she can recognize that he's kind of working towards getting, like, blowing his top. And so I'm like, we need to leave him alone for a little bit. Um he needs to play by himself and she's like i just want to play with him so bad and i'm like i i know you do but he just needs to be alone but she's gotten better about it and um she's she's great about it even though she she pretends like she doesn't get it but i'm like you yeah just being ridiculous that's a man that's i mean it's a beautiful relationship and i know you said that there's been times you see other kids and their siblings interacting or maybe even having friends and it's been a sad moment to you. And, you know, that diagnosis, especially the part where he says to you that he'll never be able to show you that he loves you. Well, when you and I were talking last night, you, you told me about there's ways that he shows you and he shows his sister mm-hmm. that he loves you guys. But it's in his own way. And it's something that doctor, his words aren't going to take that away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about what he does to you and to his sister to kind of let you guys know that, that he loves you. He's actually like a really affectionate kid. And mm-hmm. he, like he, le- I think he's learned from Aubrey too. Cause she, like if she could crawl inside my womb again, she would. <laughs> right. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like always on top of me. But, um, I like he, um, 
he loves to take pictures and videos and stuff like that. So he always has like an iPad or he's always trying to steal an iPhone. Ooh, future YouTuber. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I've gone yeah. through his iPad before and the video they're hilarious. That might be that might be a channel that needs to be out there. Yeah, for oh, sure. No, it is hilarious. He is so funny. Um, but I, like even that I feel like is his way of kind of showing that he that yeah. he loves me. Is if like, he takes a picture of you. Yeah, always taking pictures, Aww. always taking, because he'll just, I'll hear him in bed and he's just watching him back. And most of the time, most of the time it's just like me, like yelling at someone else. <laughs> 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 like, get in your room. And I just hear, get in your room, get in your room. Like, oh. <laughs> like you can't take this iPad to school. That's funny. <laughs> That's good. Wow, man. So, you know, I, I, one thing you said that I really love and one thing that a lot of the research and stories I've seen is that for so long, autism was presented as this horrible thing. Like you said, it's going to change your life forever. It's going to ruin your life. It's a death sentence. But I look at you and I look at some other people that I've seen and you guys live a happy life. <laughs> it has challenges, obviously. Definitely. And I believe that one of those challenges is probably going to be your own mental health mm -hmm. and keeping things together for yourself. It's got to be challenging at times, but I see that there is happiness that's present. And because, you know, a lot of people sometimes think depression equals lack of happiness. That's, that's not the case. Just sometimes life is hard. Mm -hmm. So even through the happy moments, I'm sure you've had some difficult moments. Um, sure. What is it? What are the things that you do to try to, maintain and and take care of your own mental health and well-being um i i don't want to say i used to be like anti-therapy because i i've seen a therapist like at different periods of time in my life before right um but i think after going through everything that um he and i have been through and his um father not being around because of autism mm -hmm. um and things like that and then just you know you know, him being more aggressive and self-interest and stuff like that. And just, you know, property destruction. I can't tell you how many times I've had to clean poop off the walls and everything else, every other surface of my home right? and everything like that. And just like all the scares, I think I finally, you know, there were other things too that happened um, that, like I told you when we talked, I felt like my hand was kind of forced. Mm -hmm. um, there were different life events that had happened um, that I, I just couldn't, it was his first day of school, and he, we ended up in the ER because he fell off a bouncy ball and busted his chin open. Oh, wow. And if you know somebody with special needs or um, you you have a child with special needs, you know that, like, doctors and dentists and hospitals are not fun. Right. And um, we had to take him, and it's just – it's really traumatic for everybody involved. And I know it's even traumatic for the doctors because it's not fun the, what they have to do. Right. Um, but I think it was like that moment. Um, and then there were some other things too. I realized that, you know, you can't, you can't continue to sweep this under the rug anymore mm -hmm. because you're not, you're not okay. And you know that you're not okay and you haven't been okay for a long time. And I think that you're just so, um, you're so willing to just tell everyone that everything is great and, you you don't want to admit that it's hard but it is hard like it right. you, you don't you anybody with a brain can tell you that this is difficult <laughs> right and i think i just kind of had to accept that you know kind of put like fly my white flag and say you know you need some sort of help so i started um going to therapy which 
has really helped me a lot because it's really put everything into perspective for me. Um, because I think in the beginning, like I had said previously, you don't, you don't have time. You're so busy. You're, we've been in this survival mode for like the better part of eight years. And so you don't allow yourself that time to grieve because you are grieving. You're grieving the loss of, you know, a life, um, that you thought you would have and that you don't have. Um, and it's a weird feeling because, you know, you're, you feel guilty for, for being, you know, angry and upset and everything because like your child's still alive and, but it's okay. Yeah. But I've, I've learned now that yeah. it, you know, it's okay. And that it's totally normal that I'm not the only person. Um, and I hope there's somebody else out there who's watching this, who's felt that way, who definitely you can tell them like, Hey, let's, and that, it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to, that's why I wanted to do this. And that's why I made the choice a long time ago to be very open and honest about, um, everything pertaining to talent and everything that he's gone through. Because when I first got that diagnosis and I went online and I did what everybody does and I tried to find everything I could, I couldn't find anything that I felt was honest Mm -hmm. because even up until that point, you know, we had just gotten a diagnosis, but we had lived so much life before that and so much hard, like heavy shit. And I, I, I couldn't find anyone that was honest. Everyone was like, Oh, it's great. And it's wonderful. And you know, we never (laughs) have a bad day, which that's true some of the time, but I didn't want that. I wanted someone to be completely honest and tell me like, yes, it's 4am. I've been up at 3am every week, every day this week. And I clean shit off the walls five days out of the week and I'm ready to lose my mind. But I also wanted someone to tell me things like that. And then, so I could see the beauty in what I had that this, you know, that his life wasn't broken. It wasn't destroyed. It was just different. And that, that it was okay that it was different. Yeah. I I think it goes without saying uh, that it takes a very special individual to, to do what you do. Absolutely. Um, I, I, um, I I talked with Nick about this uh, last week. Um, I've, I've been around autistic and special needs kids. My mother is a, it's a job coach for them. Um, and just anybody that works with them or raises one, um, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how, if I could do it. And yeah. It takes a very special, special person to be able to do that. Yeah. I, I, I assume that, that mom, that mom thing kicks in mm-hmm. when it's your child. Oh, you gotta yeah. do what you yeah. gotta do. Yeah. Oh, doesn't, yeah. It doesn't for matter. Sure. But <laughs> then also, and that's too. what, yeah. And then, so for, for people who are watching other people's kids and caring for other people's kids, yeah, that's a, that's an admirable thing too. You've said something on social media before, and I think you said this to me when we were talking. I might be getting the two mixed up. <laughs> but oftentimes, <laughs> you, you've said, you feel like you overshare. I, I wouldn't say overshare. Like you're, you don't mind putting it out there. <laughs> and sometimes it's fucking it's hilarious. So, I, I don't know about that. Sometimes <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And I've been trying to nudge you into social media influencing or doing podcasting something. Um, but there's one thing that I saw you say that really hit me in the feels because you said that you wouldn't change anything about your son, even the autism. Mm-hmm. That you love him just the way he is, and I know you you wish that he could have that life that you were mourning, mm-hmm. but even as such, like you still wouldn't you wouldn't change him because he's perfect the way he is, and I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with that anymore. 
Uh, he, he's a very beautiful child. Both of your kids are very beautiful children. So let's go ahead and knock out some of these misconceptions and 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 then end on a positive note. And I want to talk a little bit about Talon and the things he likes to do and what your hopes, what your most highest ambition for him is um, as he gets older and all the all the norms that he's going to shatter for everything you were told that that your future had that uh, that he doesn't necessarily have to follow suit. But let's talk about some of these misconceptions. You already said one. Autism doesn't have a look. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that they're not smart because they have autism. Uh, you can't spank it out of them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't spank it out of them. Uh, it has nothing to do with the parent and something that they did. You didn't cause your son to be autistic. Mm-hmm. I can't change his genetic makeup. Right. We were talking about some people asked you if he was like Rain Man. Yes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> why is that? Why? Uh, Dude, pe- people always will always shock me. They're, people they're, just aren't educated. Yes. Like they're people have educated. literally asked you, is he like Rain Man? Yeah. People have asked me that before. They've asked okay. me like... Uh, Yes, we robbed a casino, and it's, he's he's just like him. Like what? God, I'm sorry, that just no. Yeah, me. yeah. I'm. I'm or they still expect shocked. that he's going to be some type of savant. Yes. Like when you see shows like The Good Doctor, does that piss you off? Like I don't even have. Like I hate that show. It just really bothers it me. It doesn't necessarily piss me off, but I wish that people would be more honest about like what autism is. Like yes, of course, like there's savants, and that's awesome. Yeah. And I wish you could play piano. That'd be really cool. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give up hope on that. Yeah, we'll see. yeah for we'll real. See. But I think that that's, that's like a super rare thing, and it's not always the case. And yeah. I wish that people would be more transparent about, um, because sometimes. Those are the exceptions, not the rule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, one thing I, the one thing I noticed, too, is anytime you see them in either shows or movies, they always use the, like, extreme yes. side of it. And oh, don't absolutely. show you the, absolutely. The, the stuff that you don't see. Right. You always see, like, for example, one of my favorite movies, but it's always extreme, is, like, radio. Mm-hmm. Not, not every special needs person is, like, radio. Right. They're not, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they always use that as as their go-to for yeah. for that character or for that. And people have to realize, like, these are movies. Yeah, that's not real. That's it's Hollywood. Hollywood. Like, trust me, the real story is a lot better than that movie. Yeah. Right. So. But my thing is, 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 like, nobody ever, I don't know, nobody walks up to a kid that's wearing blue and red and is like, is he like Superman? Like, Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. It's, it's I don't know. I, I don't. It's so insensitive, and that's what yeah. I hope people get from this: I is think, be more sensitive. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know how to talk about things. So, like people <laughs> in my family, <clears throat> mom, Ooh. who don't so have a just, filter, they just bump gums <laughs> until whatever comes out. She's just gonna say the first thing that comes to her mind without even thinking about it because she wants to. That's her way of showing support. Mm-hmm. It doesn't right. come from a bad place, but she doesn't know what to say. Or how to say it. Yeah. So I, th- I'm, you know, Larkin, what would you rather they say? Honestly, yeah. I, I would. At all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just be honest. Yeah, Just be honest. On the show. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, please. Yeah. <laughs> tell them. Tell them. <laughs> I always give people. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. So if someone has a question and they're like genuinely, they're uh, genuinely curious, I'll mm-hmm. let them like, even if it's a stupid question, I'm like, sure, yeah. I would love to answer your question. But if they know, if they know, and they're just 
you're just trying to be a smart ass. Right. Think about what you're about to say to yeah. me yeah. before you really ask me. What if are some someone, things? Mm, go ahead. I was about to say, if someone knew something, they were trying to be a smart ass to me and my child. You're going to catch hands. Then, oh, yeah, no. you're going to have a black eye. <laughs> we're going to be down one more host on the like, show. <laughs> conversation <laughs> over. You don't even need to say anything, you know? <laughs> For real. <laughs> So real quick, just what are some insensitive things that you would like people to stop saying? Oh my, um, probably number one is that he doesn't look autistic. Mm-hmm. That's just like irritating. Oh, he doesn't look autistic though. Yeah, right. well, I always tell him, yeah. well, yeah, we dressed him different today, so that's why. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. I laughed yeah. entirely too hard. At that. <laughs> <laughs> The, the Rain Man thing, I right. just think it's like super like outdated and weird to say that. Yes, it's absolutely. Why would, like, we don't know each other. Why would you even say that? <laughs> exactly. Sometimes people just bump gums and like people just shit, say shit falls out of their yeah. mouth. Like people just, love to get a rise out of other people. If you take anything away from this show, if you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Just keep say hi. Your mouth He's beautiful. And, <laughs> and keep walking. Yeah. In the old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Exactly. Absolutely. How about we yeah. just do that? We don't, we don't even need to hear it. We don't need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Walk on. Okay. So we're. <laughs> I think I, I do have ahead. another one. Yeah. The oh. Probably the number one thing is that, oh, he'll grow out of it. Mm. That oh. chaps my ass so bad. Yeah, well, that's not cool to say. And it's yeah. just an ignorant statement. It like, is. You have it no is. basis to like even say that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, he'll grow out of it. I'm like, that, oh, okay, well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that won't that won't actually happen. But I I don't know why people still say that. They're like, oh, well, my first cousin twice removed, they had autism and they're perfectly fine now. And I'm like, hmm. I want to give you props for not having any felonies on your record. Yeah, you did great. <laughs> it's just I would have like a hard time. <laughs> no, orange is not in my color wheel, and I'm really not made for jail. So that's like <laughs> literally the only reason why orange is my color. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with you in prison, Naomi. That's yeah, for I sure. <laughs> Man, so that's I'm I'm really glad that we had this conversation and you enlightened me. Like I felt like I learned more from actually talking to you last night than I learned anything reading. Um the thing I want you to take away from this is that I know you probably have some hard days, but everybody sees what you're doing and we admire you so much and we thank you for coming and being willing to share your knowledge, your experience. Uh, you have two beautiful children. I wouldn't change anything about T either. Uh, I hope we have the opportunity to meet him someday. And great, um, yeah. yes, you can have a blast. Yeah. In here. So I asked you an awful lot about where say, resources could go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, because I was asking her about where resources can go because I did a lot of research. Autism Speaks seems to be they have a donate button like on all four corners of their mm-hmm. website. So. Did you donate? I, I didn't donate anything. I wanted to talk to Larkin about this. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, our friend Caitlin, but mm-hmm. we made a we made an entire collection of clothing in our spirit swag store, our merchandise store that was dedicated to her, and the proceeds from that go to the Houston Women's Center um, every every year to help women who are domestic abuse victims or survivors. So I really wanted to put something in our store for Talon. You got my vote. (laughs) (laughs) I want to put something in our store for Talon. And, um, and I just wanted to figure out where the money should go. So the two places I saw was autism speaks. And then spark is a Texas children's, um, 
program, I don't know that they take donations. So if you don't have any objection to it, I've heard a lot of things about Autism Speaks. If you don't have any any objection to it, we'll send the proceeds to them for now. And if you come up with somewhere better, then we'll send it there. Is but there we want to definitely autism organization. Or, yeah, yeah, you just we're, let us know. We're, we're, you let us know. But for we'll sure. we'll say for now, um, we're gonna put Talon's own collection in our Spirits Wax store, and any of the proceeds from there will will go to to autism autism research. And if like you said, if you've come up with somewhere local that that money could better be served. Then we'd love to do that too. Oh, but absolutely. I want to do that, and uh, we're gonna send you one for free. Obviously, we'll, we'll send all three of you some. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, all in one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you though, Naomi. You said no, you no, had no. a question along the same kinds of lines. Like, so we're discussing how um, we didn't want to take. Oh, it's Autism Month, so mm-hmm. lightly. You, we didn't want to just change the logo blue. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a bad feeling about that. What do you think? our listeners can do or what do you want people to know like what do you want them to do to help promote autism awareness like what would you like to see changed i think that change starts with us and you know a lot of us you know we're middle-aged now indeed hence the name of the show <laughs> and you know we all have kids And I think that we need to be the ones that need to teach, you know, that acceptance. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, I know when I was in high school, that was not a thing. I used to watch the kids that were in special education get picked on all the time. Mm -hmm. um, And they were just awful to them. And they, you know, were quick to get made fun of. And no one would dare ever sit with them at lunch and eat with them or anything like that. And they were almost ostracized. And... I thought back on those moments whenever um, he got that diagnosis and I was like, God, I will do anything to make sure. I don't care if I have to go up and eat lunch with him every day and be that mom to make sure yeah. that that's not him. I will do that. Absolutely. But I think that, um, you know, I think the most important thing is teaching our kids acceptance and that it's okay um, to if somebody's different and to be that friend for them. Um, and if you see someone um, that you think is a little bit different and also us explaining what autism is to um, other kids Um, just because, and another thing, like how you said, like if you see people like on TV, I think they're always um, like perceived as like scary. Like Mm -hmm. they're always like, Oh, they're having a huge meltdown. And then they're just, you know, terrifying to be around. I think that when we're teaching our kids about autism and acceptance and things like that, I think we need to explain that side of them of things too, Mm -hmm. so that they're aware, um, And I'm not saying it's not a little scary. It is. I mean, I still get scared sometimes. But I think that if we teach our kids, like, patience and understanding and even of things like that, I think it'll be easier for everybody. And also, whether you're a special needs mom or parent or not, if you see a parent clearly having a hard time with their kiddo out, don't make it worse for them. Don't serve your comment oh I'll yeah leave him with me for a week and that would that's just it's oh, so what you're saying that is would piss me off <laughs> so i really hope people don't say that to you oh i've i've heard i'm telling you i've heard some of much less other moms things yeah. i know i'm like we don't even know each other from a ham sandwich and you're just gonna say that to me but i i've heard it i hear it all the time i've watched it happen to other parents and it's just yeah. it's heartbreaking the best thing you can do is say is there anything I can do to help you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Just just let yeah. you know that you're there to help, but don't put your 
opinion or your your anything mm-hmm. on them in yeah. their situation. Mm-hmm. But if you want to help, just simply voice that. Say, you know, yeah. how can mm-hmm. I help? Do you need some That's help? Beautiful. That's so much more valuable than any dollar Absolutely. amount yeah. that Absolutely. you could donate to someplace. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. Teach your kids. Mm-hmm. Talk to your kids about it. But we got to educate ourselves first. Yeah. You know, I couldn't yeah. have told my kids anything about autism until three days ago. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I will take that to heat as well because um, then they won't grow up and be assholes as adults either. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> there's 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 so much to take away from that. But yeah, I uh, I agree with that a hundred percent. More than like I said, more than any dollar amount you could donate somewhere. Like teach mm-hmm. your kids to just be good people. Mm-hmm. Kindness. That's what the awareness is supposed to be about. You know, mm-hmm. teach teach them kindness. Yeah. So well, we thank you so much for joining us and. Um, when you go home, you give your kids tea and and Aubrey our love, and uh, we'll get what size t shirts your kids wear. We're we're gonna get them all hooked up, man. I'm so glad that you came and we had this conversation. Um, did you guys have any other questions before we move on to our specialty segment? Do you feel good about the conversation? Is there anything you want to get off your chest? You no, feel like I think I I think that was it. I'm surprised I didn't cry to be honest. I cried on TV. (laughs) Yeah, you sent me the link to that video. I have one question, but I don't know if it's too personal or not. Um, You were talking about, you know, as he gets older, is there anything that you're, I guess, nervous or or kind of worried about what's going to come up when he gets older that that you're going to have to? I wouldn't. I don't want to use the word deal with, but I don't know another word uh, that you're going to have to. I, I guess deal with when he gets to that age Overcome. or anything. There you go. Thank you. It's a very yeah. positive. Thank you. I really, when I think about the future and stuff with him, I don't think about like what's going to be hard, like what it was going to be hard for him to do. The only thing I really think of, and it goes back to the whole kindness thing. I worry about other people. I don't worry about you. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about, you know, if he'll be accepted and, you know, if people will be nice to him and stuff like that. I worry about, other people. And I think the what I want other people to know is that like the parents of special needs children, that's what we worry about. We, you know, our life is, is hard and we were dealt a hard hand and we know that, but, and we can control as much as we can. But I think that what people don't understand is that we worry about everything else that we can't control. Yeah. And that's the scariest part because, yeah. you know, and just, you know, God forbid if he were ever in a situation where um, the police were involved or anything like that. I've, yeah. You know, we've I've had that happen. I've had a conversation where I was told, well, if your child elopes from the campus, he'll be arrested. My eight-year-old child. Wow. And I, my first... Do they actually mean, like, literally arrested, arrested. or just detained for his own safety? Well, it... He'll be put in handcuffs and put in the back of put the in handcuffs. Yeah, which, which, which I assume will go really smoothly. Oh yeah, as well. Yeah, no. that is absolutely unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yes, but yeah. that's but that's the thing. It's like I I don't worry about like him and I mean I do, but not in that regard. I worry about other people. What somebody else would do. Yes. Right. If he if he I mean, look, we just talked about. You might as well put me in handcuffs, too, because I'm going to be beating yeah. up that cop. That's what I said. Sorry. I was like, save me. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Unfor- <laughs> unfortunately, we've, unfortunately, we have seen um, people with autism not 
dealt with properly by law enforcement. Like you see it all the time, all the time. So yeah, I, I, I can imagine that. But um, what I hope that you do is I hope that you endure the tough moments and you enjoy the good ones. Um, throughout this show, we're gonna have some pictures of you guys together, um, and T by himself, just so people can see. Like you said, autism doesn't have a look. Mm-hmm. Like T's a beautiful child, man, and he, he's happy. At times, he smiles. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's something that I think is important that people see. Like mm-hmm. don't 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 treat it like it's scary. I think mm-hmm. it's beauty transcended. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just on a whole another level. If he is happy, mm-hmm. it's a whole different kind of happiness that a mm-hmm. lot of other people don't have the opportunity to experience mm-hmm. because it's so pure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, all of his emotions and everything that comes out of him is absolutely pure. And a lot of people don't have yeah. that luxury. True so, story. Yeah. No. And I know I got on here and I talked about like all the the scary shit and the hard stuff that no one wants to talk about. But at the end of the day, that's just a very small portion of like yeah. our life. And yeah. like you said, most of it is beautiful and awesome. And I wish I could be more like him in some ways. And I, I didn't give a shit what anybody thought about me. And I just went on about my day. And I, every day for T is like the best day ever. Yeah. He's going to teach you a lot, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 Good, good. Yeah. More power yeah. to him. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, man, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on, having the conversation with us. Of I think course. it was important. And I hope we treated it with the respect that it deserved. Um, I know we were cutting up a little bit before, and we're probably going to cut up after. But <laughs> what what I like I said, what I want people to know is the important part is that you know have have some empathy for the mothers um, and for the children and for the adults who 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 suffer with this too. I don't, I don't want to say suffer because, like I said, it's we got to take away that stigma mm-hmm. off of it. Like you said, the majority yeah. of your life is beautiful, and we we can see it from afar and. Uh, and I hope I hope we get an opportunity, like I said, to to meet T and and the rest of your family, because you're in the squad. I told you you were part of the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad there was no hard feelings that we didn't select you to be on the show. No. That was a very difficult decision, but you can pat yourself on the back, Naomi. We had to pull them <laughs> apart before before we started the show, so don't let don't anybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everybody's been very close. Like I said, I was afraid if y'all are too good. People might just want to listen to y'all and tell me and Josh to get the fuck out of here. It's not over yet. I was about to say. Well, I don't know what you got planned. (laughs) Hit that home there, Nick. Oh, man. Y'all always forget about me. Now you don't want me to be on the show. I love you, bro. I'm afraid I'm going to get kicked off. I'm just waiting for Josh to sell me a house with the studio in it. The ladies. (laughs) (laughs) 281 917 4268. The whole reason Josh wanted to be on this show. Okay. <laughs> he did not hesitate. Did you hear that? No hesitation. Right there. <laughs> All right. Before we get to our next segment, let's get it a uh, let's get an ad from my buddy Brian Wells at Myriad Mobile. Hey guys, it's Nick Stevenson again here to tell you about my friend Brian Wells and his mobile welding and mobile mechanic service, Myriad Mobile. Brian has been welding for over twenty years, and he will let his work speak for itself. Welding repairs, whether they're industrial or residential. Rod iron fencing, he can repair that old rusty fence and repaint it, or he'll even build you a new one. Oh, and in case you missed it, that's right. I also said that Brian offers mobile mechanic services. You need a part change? Your brakes or your oil change? Why not do it from the comfort of your own home? Myriad Mobile will come to you. So whether it's an industrial or residential welding repair, or you need a new fence, or you don't want to drive or have your car towed to the mechanic shop, then call my friend Brian Wells at Myriad Mobile. The number to call is 713-538-538. 6938 that's 
1-800-242-6938. Myriad Mobile, welding and car repair. Tell them that Nick from the Smells Like Middle Age Spirit podcast sent you. All righty. You guys call up my uh, buddy Brian at Myriad Mobile for all of your welding repair or car repair needs. And uh, me and Naomi were just discussing during the break that she has both. So. Yep. Motorcycle problems, y'all. <laughs> call him up. Call him up. Okay. So. Is, is his number right? Yes, his number is okay. correct. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. You're welcome. No problem. Thank you for double checking that. All right. Here. So we're going to do a little segment. Um. That some of you, if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you're familiar with it. Uh, it's called Smells Like Middle Age Theater. And our guest has even contributed Ooh. to the theater today. So, um, I have stage fright. Let's do hers first because it's short. <laughs> you want to roll this pre intro first or what? Wait, why didn't you bump back with that? That's what, what you were supposed to bump back with. You want me to bump back right now? <laughs> Let's bump sure, back, go y'all. ahead and mute all of us. <laughs> and then bump back. I just realized you bumped back with the wrong music. You're welcome. <laughs> and now for a more sophisticated kind of entertainment. It smells like middle-aged theater. Alrighty. Welcome to Smells Like Middle-Aged Theater. If you've listened to this show before, you're familiar with what we do. Um, sometimes when you're on social media, especially when you're trying to build a brand and build a business, you add a lot of people. And sometimes that comes back to bite you in the ass. Or sometimes I'm, I'm I can't imagine you guys are going to have to give me some insight um, as a female. You probably get some crazy shit in your DMs. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I've, I've blocked most of it. I don't get much now. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say that. You mean you don't screenshot it and share it to the world and complain? Uh, you just block it? No, yeah, I just block hmm. it. And you know what? I don't say anything about it. Wow, what a wild concept. I don't publish it. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah make sure you screenshot, <laughs> them and bring them to, screenshot them and bring them to us. But you don't have to post it on, on social media. No, don't do that. All right. So here's the cool thing about uh, today is that our guest has actually contributed a, a script for us Ooh. for our first Smells Like Middle Age Theater. Um, and I'm not proud of it. Just <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you proud of it? It's it's kind of funny. Uh, I, it's funny. It's just weird. It's yeah. It are we going to tell the story the that makes it weird, or are we just going to let it lie in the text? Um, I think it's self-explanatory. Did you send me two? Yeah, I sent you two. Okay, cool. Let's do the let's do the however you wanted to pick. Let's do the creepy one. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to play the role. Uh, of who we decided is going to be Guy Despacito. Ooh. Our names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> and Larkin will be playing herself. All right. Wait, do I have to say mine in a funny voice? You oh. don't have to. You just, you're 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 going to be Larkin and I'm going to be Guy. Okay. So you just say it the way you would say it. Are we ready? Absolutely. All right. Um Let me wait for this car to pass. Your everybody, part? okay. Go ahead and mute everybody. But me and Larkin. Thanks, buddy. All right. Action. Wave. Comments on a picture of Larkin in a mask. You make the whole mask thing look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we related? <laughs> His response? 
Yeah, he's gone. So who's this guy? He's your uncle? Yes, he's my uncle, like, by marriage. I don't <sighs> really know. Shut your fucking face, uncle fucker. Oh. That's super creepy. No. Yeah, that's pretty. No, 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 no. I could no. have written a book about all the weird shit he used to send me. But that one, I was just like, so much I was no. just having a bad day. And I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. <laughs> what you didn't read is because I... <laughs> You didn't just say, aren't we related? She's like, oh, yo. Yo, aren't we fucking yo, related? Yo, aren't we related? He's gone. He gone. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> he gone. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, the next one, I will play the role of Frank Young. And I'm not changing Frank Young's name because he was probably hacked. Uh, usually, if an old guy is texting you and asking you about how to make you money on Facebook, his, his account got hacked. He probably clicked on the wrong link. But I will be playing the role of Frank Young. I'm sorry, no. I apologize. I will be playing the role of Nick Stevenson. And my <laughs> man Josh Beard is going to play the oh, role. Oh, I gotta read Frank this broken Young. English. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Are you ready? I'm sure. ready. I'm gonna jack this all up. I'm ready. You're not gonna jack it up. You we practice well, we didn't practice. It's this. gonna sound like it because right. you'll see. You ready? Let's go. <laughs> I hope you have everything in the right order. Um, if you start looking at me weird, I'll let you know. know. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Yes. Hello. How are you doing today? After the question marks. I'm fantastic. I'm doing good and very happy for my life. And I was wondering if you have heard about the ongoing DHHS. DHHS? What's that? It's a bonus from United States Department of Health and Human Services Federal Government Trust Fund grant. Have you heard from them? No, I haven't, but it sounds like Uncle Sam wants to give me some mucho dinero. Mm. Sorry, who's Uncle Sam? Bruh, who's Uncle Sam? What country Bruh. are you from? Houston, Texas. <laughs> You're from the country of Houston, Texas. And you don't know Uncle Sam. Everyone from the country of Houston knows Uncle Sam because he's our fucking uncle. <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> Who's the prime minister of Houston, Texas? Hmm? Oh, I'm going to jack this all up. Norondo Modi? Who? Mike Jones? American rapper. <laughs> okay, last question. What is Mike Jones' number? Two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. What again? Do you did you know? Damn! <laughs> what so far have you heard about DHHS? What's that? Where's my microphone? It's a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that over, shall we? Sure. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> oh. What so far have you heard about DHHS? What's that? <laughs> it's a bonus from the United States Department of Health and Human Services Federal Government Trust Fund Grant. Have you heard from them? Oh, yeah. Some guy was telling me about that yesterday, but he was a dumbass. He didn't even know who Uncle Sam is. <laughs> <laughs> 
They are having a promotional program to help youth, old, and disabled with cash in the society. And I saw your name, too, on their list. When I received my money from the UPS, did you get anything from them? Hey, man. Can I tell you a secret? Have you heard of the FBI? Have they contacted you yet? They have this great program where if you turn in scammers who are so fucking terrible at their jobs that they don't even learn American culture or linguistics to at least appear to be legitimate after hacking some poor old man's Facebook, they will give you a cash reward of 150K. I just got mine, and while you're in prison, I'm going to send mine to Pakistan (laughs) and come make it rain on your wife. Oh, my God. What did you mean, fucking son of a bitch? (laughs) Don't be talking about my mama. (laughs) Your mama's a hoe. I'm going to make it rain on that bitch, too. All you have to do is claim to contact the claiming agent in charge of her renting money. Should I share the claiming agent link? I'm going to make your kids call me daddy. (laughs) I got to say this next one. Good to hear from you. <laughs> I'm going to make you call me Big Daddy. <laughs> Should I share you the agent link on DHHS? <laughs> Big Daddy, that's cool. <laughs> can I borrow some money from you? I'm in a jam. I'll send you my bank account number and you can deposit money into it. How much did you need? That's hard to say. Because I need quite a bit, but I'm embarrassed. I'm just going to throw a number out there and you let me know if you can help me. Okay, keep calm. I will help you. (laughs) Send bank account number. Man, I just need like 20, maybe $30,000. But hear me out. I'll pay it back with interest. I'll make it so that you have complete control of my bank account. so (laughs) So I can't cheat you. Question mark. Okay, I'm interested. You'll be on my account to make withdrawals, okay? But I'd rather email you so it's more private. Can you email me so I have your email address? That's really nice of you. Okay. I won't steal from you. I promise. I'm a Christian. (laughs) Wait. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If Jesus arm wrestled Buddha, who do you think would win? Okay. Let's say Jesus was driving down the lane going for a dunk, but Allah was waiting for him and trying to block his shot. Would Allah block it or would Allah get yammed on? Tied of your shit, Nick. (laughs) And then, (laughs) dude was gone. Gone. Okay, let me pull the curtain back on that. That conversation was like four days long. And my wife would see me texting him. She'd be like, are you still texting that fucking guy? Yeah, if I wouldn't have thrown it, I could have gave you the dates. So you're going to have to give him the dates. <laughs> <laughs> it was over like three or four days. I was tired of your shit. Yeah, he was tired of my shit. So he fucking, he was done. I'm going to have to take a page from your playbook to, for all these scammers that I get. Yes. Now, this sounds a lot more fun. Than oh, just man. I had, you know, I had, I'm, I'm you got to fuck with him. You got to fuck with him. <laughs> I got another one. It was a lady boy who was trying to. <laughs> lady boy? What exactly? It was a lady boy. Have you, you've obviously never been to Thailand. Yeah, he was from the Philippines. <laughs> so have you checked? The so it was a it was skin? a woman. It was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it was a woman, and she was like, "Oh, uh, how are you doing? I wish I could have a good time with you." I was like, "You have a dick, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> 
And immediately he or she, I don't know, he's like, yes, I have. I'm going to be transparent. I'm like, that's Whoa. cool. We can play swords. <laughs> <laughs> then I blocked the dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is smells like middle-aged theater. I didn't realize you sent me two. Let me read this other one. You want to do the other quick. one? I don't know. Which one? That one. Yours? Oh, the one I have. Well, I, I don't even have it. it. I know. But it's, it's oh, it's so great. You want to do this real quick? Do I? Sure. Cool. This is Larkin dissing somebody okay. in her DMs. Ooh. See, gonna, I am do that a name? bitch, though. I will. <laughs> are we dropping the name? Uh, I don't think we should because I, I don't want to get sued. Yeah. I do you know this person? I don't know this person from Adam, but he was very angry because okay. I did post it on Facebook because that's just who I am as a person. <laughs> that's really all good. funny. Um, let's call him Trey Marciano. And you will play the role <laughs> of uh, <laughs> you will play the role of Larkin Bannister. That should be easy for you. All right, are we ready? We're gonna have to get some music to play in the background for this eventually. Oh, yes, please. Okay, and action. Some music. Yes, we need like music in the background, like the the violins and shit. <laughs> some trap. Hey, man, I'm trying to get in character here. <clears throat> and the go. lips, the tongue, and the teeth. Okay, ready? <laughs> you leave me on red all the time. Sad face. <laughs> I know. Why? Question mark. Ha. Now I know why you're single. Looks only go so far. Your personality and heart is a complete waste of life. Mm. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Trey Marciano, not cool. He said that shit with his chest too, and you know he was proud of himself afterwards. It was a little puffed up. Oh yeah. I bet he took a screenshot. I was like, look what I said to her. Yeah, he was like, what a bitch. Oh, Moated. Remember when you were kids? Yeah. Moated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, that it smells like middle age uh, theater. Brought to you by uh, Myriad Mobile. We actually did that on the fly. We were supposed to do conspiracies, but if you didn't notice, Chris Khan's not here. Um, for good reason, though. We're not going to give him too much shit about it's it. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. We know why he's not here. Why is that? Because it's a conspiracy. Here goes. Exactly. Josh, you got to have this shit ready, bro. Yeah, You're a producer. My sister. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Josh, that was Josh, Chris. That was not me. Okay. So. Yeah, with my sister. <laughs> Larkin. Thank you so much for coming here and bullshitting with us and having a very serious conversation in between a bunch of malarkey. But I'm glad you were here. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Of course. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. You're always welcome. Uh, there's always at least one seat open, it seems like. Nobody quit last week, though. That's good news. Don't get any ideas. All right. So we've made it through now three episodes without there's anybody quitting. There's always next week. <laughs> That's true. Nobody quit, though. So I'm really happy about that. But, guys... We want to thank you for listening. If you, oh, you know what we forgot to do? You almost let me forget. Let's give away some money. There you go. Ooh, yeah. There you go. Let's give away some money. Okay. Guys, Um, just so you don't think I'm bullshitting, we have given out money. Jonathan Hughes won a $50 Visa gift card and some free spirit swag. Um, Then Jacole Stanley won a $100 Visa gift card and was lovely enough to post it for us. And then uh, Jessica Johnson won $50 and some free spirit swag. So we're really giving out stuff and I'm I'm delivering Stephanie Berryhill who won $100 last week. Uh, I'm delivering her winnings tomorrow and I'm going to video that. 
and put it up on our social media. So you guys see I'm not bullshitting. We're really giving away money. And it's thanks to our buddy Larry Showalter of LM Roofing. Um, you guys, Larry is the man. That's all I can say. Uh, I told you guys, most of you know him better than you know us. <laughs> and everywhere in town, you'll see his signs. You'll see his work. You'll see uh, the quality of his roofs that he puts on houses. I don't have to sell you on that. But what I'm going to tell you is that Larry is just a quality dude. And we're so happy that he allowed us to be affiliated with him. And um, you guys, you guys, Ellen and Roofing, you guys can look him up on social media. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's got like, <laughs> that dude's got like three or four social media pages. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> he's got a bunch. He wants to make sure you find yeah. his ass. I bet he's That's got what some it is. DMs. <laughs> well, I bet he's got some DMs. I bet he got some DMs. <laughs> All the signs in people's yards and everything. It's not for yeah, a yeah, popularity yeah. contest. This guy is Absolutely legit. Not. He's genuine. He wants to help he's involved with the community so absolutely sponsors all yep. the baseball teams the man yes. is everywhere thank so you larry. when you get your when you get your hundred dollars you make sure to thank larry i'll say this what's well, up th- this is completely on the fly going back to the lovely smells like middle-aged deer mm-hmm. why don't we and i'll do this as long as you're cool with it mm-hmm. we should have a contest who can send us the most outrageous dm conversation and we'll read it on the next one yeah i like that idea yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah i like that a lot we're gonna have to uh absolutely the most outrageous one that you have screenshots screenshots DMs. bring it let me pilfer through my files i might have some more oh i know you're gonna have some good ones i know you're gonna have to go in so guys if you need a new roof on your home though and you want a quality one at a good price make sure you call 713-534-2996 i forgot to write his number on the <laughs> on the notes it is 713-534-2996 though so you guys give Larry a call. All right, um, let's come up with a let's come up with a password and a caller. Give me number two one five, Larkin. Don't say six. Don't say six. Wait, what was it? A number between <laughs> one and five. One and five, four. Four. Okay, and uh, let's make the password kindness because that's what we want. We want kindness. We want to spread awareness in the right way, not just for show. So let's make the password kindness. If you were the fourth caller to call in with the <coughs> password kindness, <laughs> the phone number is eight three two. Eight three five three one four one. That's eight three two, eight three five three one four one. Be the fourth caller. Call in. You're gonna get paid. Hundred dollar Visa gift card. Uh, Josh, you want to throw anything in while we're at it? You just like to throw random prizes in there? No, we're good. Josh will send you some. <laughs> Josh will send you a smelly pair of socks. That's good. I like that. All right. I'll, I'll give you the ones that I'm currently re- wearing on this episode. Autographed Ooh, and everything. There wow. we go. All right. Cool. Cool. Guys, this was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate having the conversation. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for for being on my team. And uh, next week, this is the one thing you guys know about this podcast, and we're going to keep it real at all times. We do not talk politics at all. But next week, I want you to tune in because Stephen Terry will be here, and he's running for uh, <laughs> he's running he's running for Pasadena City Council. Yeah, we do not talk talking politics. Yeah, we <laughs> never talk politics. But I want you to tune in next week because we have a politician coming on. Thank you. But he's the uh, coolest one you've ever seen. Yeah, he's dope. He's dope. Stephen Terry, and I did it again. Guys, we're coming to you from the Stephen Terry Pest Elimination Studio. Woo! Thank you, Stephen Terry. I love you. When you're sitting right across from me, I promise you I'm not going to forget to say that shit. <laughs> he will. I promise you. No, I will not forget to say that. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, you guys tune in next week, 7.30. Go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Hit the like button. If you don't like to watch, go ahead. You'll be able to find us on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Except for Pandora, because fuck them. Uh, but yeah, anywhere else, you'll be able, 
you'll be able to hear us. We appreciate our listeners so much. And don't forget to go to the Spirit Swag store and get you some Spirit Swag. If you use the um, promo code Spirit Sniffers, you're going to get 20% off. And I just redid it. So it looks go check fucking it out. awesome. It looks go buy amazing. some shit. It looks awesome. Go check it out. I'd and then pretty soon we'll have Talon's collection in there as well. So it's yes. going to be awesome. Yes. All righty, guys, for our special guest, Larkin Bannister, and for the best producer in podcasting, John. John. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just call you John? Penis. Break that tension. <laughs> Why did I call you John? What is John? Did Where did that come from? It's, I don't know. I think it's because of your beard and you look very biblical, like a John. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. No. You know Josh. It, Joshua was very biblical. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So is Naomi. That's true. I just don't live up to it. Fuck, sorry. dude. I have a... Okay. Penis. I'm sorry. I'm slipping. I'm fucking up all that over That sounds very biblical, Naomi. We're going to do this one more time for the audio side. If you're watching the video, you just saw me shit all in my pants. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Speaking of biblical characters. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Cut the tape. Okay. <laughs> for our very special guest, Larkin Bannister, and for the best producer in podcasting, Josh Beard, my name is Nick Stevenson. And I'm Naomi Richardson, and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast. For more show content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to visit spiritswagstore.com for everything you need to wrap your favorite podcast in style.